Hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of the Mental Threats Podcast. I'm pretty sure you're 135. Um, and I'm here with uh, Miss Megan. What is your last name again? Magri. Okay, Miss Megan Magri. And uh, you pretty much, you were born and raised in Charlotte? I was not. I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Go Browns. Okay, Cleveland, Ohio. That's cool. My first girlfriend was actually from uh, Ohio. She didn't really specify what part of Ohio. She just said she's from Ohio and everything. Um, and when did you move down here in Charlotte? Uh, 17 years ago. Okay, 17 years ago. Um, and this was like back in... 2002, probably, right before my youngest daughter was born. Okay, that's cool. And how many children do you have all together? I have three. 23, 21, and 18. 23, 21, and 18. Okay, that's cool. I'm 24, and uh, my brother is 22. Two? Yeah, just turned 22. Sorry. The numbers get out a lot after like a while and everything. So it's like, all right, cool. That's fine. So you like uh, raising your kids here in uh, Charlotte? Um, Yes and no. It's it's the weather's great. Mm-hmm. And my daughter's in Cleveland right now. And she called me from the store I needed her to go to to get me some candy. And she's like, there's nothing but old people. I'm like, I know. That's just how it is in Cleveland. But it's not like that. But yes, I like it. I mean... I've raised good kids. Okay, that's cool. That is all cool and everything. I mean, you're the first one that ever, like, complimented the weather down here. Because <laughs> it's like some people be like, okay, sometimes it's warm, sometimes it's cold and everything. It's never consistent what you can wear and everything. You don't mind that at all? I do not mind that at all. When you are uh, up to your head in snow and gross black snow and, and cold, it's colder there than it could ever be here. So I'll take it. Okay, I can understand. Cause y'all gotta shovel like miles of that stuff, right? Yes, uh-huh. yes, it's yes. For us, we could just go crazy over like maybe four or five inches of snow and be like, "Oh yes." We don't even get that. One time, I remember it was my daughter's birthday in December, and she was in her pajamas outside, barefoot, with just a scraping of snow. And I'm like, they would kill me if I showed this picture to my friends at home. Wow, like, no, no, I bet it's just like, I know, like, being out there is so cold, it's just like, man. One thing I know about, like, even like with like Cleveland and everything in Ohio, y'all have a great, um, a loyalty to a lot of your sports teams and everything and whatnot. Like, it's just like, even though I know the Browns haven't really won a championship, they are yeah. terrible, but we are the most loyal fans in the entire world. It does not matter. We actually, four or five years ago, they actually had a parade for being the worst team. Oh, really? Because everybody likes to drink and have parades in Cleveland. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it. Might as well just celebrate it. I mean, Panthers, we're, we're at a weird crossroads and everything where it's like, you know, we were really good. We'd be having, like, one good year, and then it's just, like, fall off for, like, years after that and everything. And it's so weird. I think, like, I think it was 2002, I think, we're in the Super Bowl, like, for the first time. I don't really know for sure. I'm just trying to remember it. In the early 2000s, we were in the Super Bowl and everything against, like, uh, the Patriots, and then we lost that one. And then last time we were in the Super Bowl 2015 against the Broncos, we lost that one. Oh, so the Broncos are one of our nemesis. The Steelers are our biggest one, but the Broncos always have us, you know, put it in the knife in kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But the Panthers are my favorite, but I can't say that since I work for the Bank of America Stadium. So I can't say I can't stand the Panthers. Oh, so you work for Bank of America Stadium? Yes, I do, part-time. Oh, part-time. Where you work at? I work um, in the for the catering. 
Oh, okay. For the caterers, so just people responsible for like everybody getting fed, or just like just certain... just everybody, and making sure everybody has a really good time. That pays really big bucks to do it. Okay, cool. That's nice. I, I haven't been to like the pan the Bank of America Stadium to watch anything from the Panthers. Not. It's I've been nice. I lived here all my life and never went to the Bank of America Stadium to watch a game. I went on a field trip once. Drive past there all the time. Never saw a game over Yeah, there. it's very fun. It's very nice. Yeah, I need to work on getting a ticket for sure. Even though, like, for this season, it's kind of, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, it's pretty much over. Pretty much over. <laughs> but definitely, it's always next season. We always had that sense of optimism. Right. It's just always next season and everything. I'm really, at least y'all got, y'all basketball team, like, with the Cavaliers, at least got a championship. Oh, yeah. So, LeBron James is, you know, he's from Akron. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to a Catholic high school. Actually went to a prom there. Not when he was there. But, yeah, so. So he's he's a big advocate to give back to Akron, Ohio, which is good. So him going to the Lakers isn't like the worst thing ever? No, no, not at all, because he gives back to that city, which needs it. Mm-hmm. And not even just that, but it's just like really like he was working so hard in the four more years and everything when he first got into the NBA. I actually went to to the finals with Shaquille O'Neal, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And then then it didn't work out. So then he went to the Heat, and which I know a lot of Ohio people were kind of furious. They were about mad. It. Yes, they were mad about that. But now they're not so mad. But you know, he got married um, to his high school sweetheart. He was, you know, she, you know, he's given back to the community. He's given back to his mother. He takes, he's a good family man. That's what he is. He is a good, good, good family man. Yeah, I never really understood the hate with LeBron and everything, you know. Like, I know it was like, at the same time, it's his career and everything. You, you want to go work for like a good, like, company or a good franchise. And what makes the difference between a lot of these basketball franchises is how they're ran. You know, it's just like, even with the Lakers, and the Celtics, you know, like, yeah, sure, they've been winning championships for years, but it all comes down to their franchise. Who are they picking? Why are they investing into them? How they build the teams? And, you know, just stuff like that it has nothing to do with the money they got. And it just depends, though, on how cheap the franchise is. Mm. I mean, you know, the Browns, they don't want to pay out for the big bucks. Mm-hmm. Panthers, they don't want to either. And so it just depends on... Who is willing to put out the big bucks? That kind of thing. Yeah, but money doesn't come from the sky either, man. I mean, you got to have some kind of revenue pulling in, too. Like, I'm a business student and everything, and it's just like Lakers get a whole lot of money because Lakers win a whole lot. <laughs> and even though they – what was the last time Lakers been in the, like, in the finals? I don't remember. It's been a while, but mm-hmm. their franchise as a whole speaks for itself. It's like they've had so many good people from Kobe Bryant. Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, just to name like just a right. few, and it goes on from there. Jerry West was even is even the logo of the NBA, right? Exactly. So it's just like there's become so synonymous with history over the year that even if they don't even they're not even in the whole like you know the finals or whatever, even in the playoffs, if they're not even like that legacy speaks for itself. That's more revenue on jerseys and. Nostalgic memorabilia, you know, stuff of that nature, documentaries. It goes on and on, built into the legacy for that franchise. I'm still waiting for a for a thirty for thirty documentary on uh, um, on Muxy Bowes, Larry Johnson, and Alonzo oh. Morning on the Hornets. Like I'm still waiting on that because I feel like we needed that because people don't realize how crazy they were 
I think that it will be happening soon because um, I worked an event the other day at the stadium and everyone was watching the World Cup. Mm -hmm. And even though the big one was at 5 a.m., people paid big bucks to rent out and watch the World Cup at 1.30. And it had been eight years since USA has been in the World Cup. So I think with... Um, the owner of the Panthers and with the, you know, soccer team, he is trying to bring back attention to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's one way to do it. If they can do a 30 for 30 for the Hornets, because they made a 30 for 30 for Ric Flair. And dude was like a, like a professional wrestler. Crazy stories. Wonderful stories. I met him. You met Ric Flair? Mm-hmm. Cool guy? Crazy cool guy. Mm-hmm. But he is racy. <laughs> I mean, I bet, man. I'm sure. I mean, but for real, it's just like Ric Flair is like probably like, I don't even know how to really speak. He was actually born in Minnesota, but it was like yeah. he still like represents Charlotte so heavy and everything. Because he, he lives here. His many ex-wives live here. His <laughs> many ex-wives. Kids. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? You're only are as good as the people are going to talk about you. People are still talking about Ric Flair. He's still on the board. No, seriously, he's such a great representative of, like, not even a representative of Charlotte, but just, like, just a reflection of just, like, you know, like, a whole... I don't know how to explain it because it's like we're like the queen city. It's like we're in the south and we bring like a whole lot of revenue in through because of the banking company. So we're like a metropolitan city, a large metropolitan city right. compared to Atlanta. We got a larger like square, like uh, what's that word? Square acres. We got a larger land mass and a larger population compared to Atlanta. And I just think that like, you know, Cleveland being, you know, so many sports and so many, like you said, Anchorage is like, we've got, you know, Ohio has a Ohio State. My husband mm -hmm. went to Ohio State. I'm going to watch the Ohio State game yeah. here tomorrow. And, you know, I went to University of Cincinnati. We finally have, like, gotten somewhat, you know, good about football. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, North Carolina doesn't have all of that except for, like, Duke. Yeah, Duke and the Tar Heels. Right. And, like, other, right. like... but there's just, you know... But we do have beaches. Yeah, we do got nice beaches, and the mountains are pretty good, too. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yes. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, North Carolina might catch that stride this decade, though. You know, it's like, you know, like, I know the Hornets are kind of, like, people still... People keep moving here. Yeah, people... people yeah. moving here. It's the fifth largest city... Like, moving city that people want to come to. Which is crazy, because I'm trying to move out. I'm trying to go to D.C. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, I mean, it's they're building up everywhere. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't look the same. And, That's you know, but change is how it is. That's why I'm going to settle up at the beach mm -hmm. where... The only thing that changes is the erosion. <laughs> okay, no, yeah, for sure and everything. But I feel like that's pretty cool, Charlotte, because it's still like an underdog city at the same time. Yes. It's like, yeah, we still have like our moments here and there with the Ric Flair here. Um, Michael Jordan, like, it wasn't born and raised in Charlotte, but he did come from North, from he the USC, Charlotte. He went to North Carolina, and, yeah. you know, he owns half a Selwyn pub mm -hmm. and part of the Hornets. Yeah. So, you know, he's got his, you know, people have, celebrities have their little, you know, their feet yeah. in places everywhere. Mm -hmm. You just never know. Just like when um, uh, the Rolling Stones were here. Mm. And 
you know, he's over at the Thirsty Beaver. And so it's just little things that we have pockets of cool things like that. I feel like a lot of things are going to change, really, because, you know, even though LaMelo Ball is like in the whole, you know, Hornets, he's still pretty young. He can still grow with that team, even though it's kind of like, what was the guy's name? Miles Bridges that, that beat on his wife and um, got kicked off the team, I think. Was that his name? Miles I don't Bridges? know. Yeah, he was a great basketball player too. Like, I really wish like he really yeah. didn't get in that situation because like we need all the help we can get. But yes, like, exactly. Yeah, because they a lot of uh, players, athletic players, do that same thing in Cleveland. There was a really um, great baseball player that beat his wife and you know, ended up going nowhere. How can you get so angry that you end up putting your hands on your wife? Like, I know it can be crazy just living in the same house with somebody and then it's just like over time, emotions get involved and you don't think clearly. But at the same token, it's like, that's still like your wife. It's the same thing. You gotta like, like you're, that's the person that you're raising your kids with. That's the person that you're, you know, that you gotta like literally make certain decisions with that I'm sure like if you get like reach a certain advanced age that they're probably gonna be making decisions over you and wanna it'd be better to be on rage. Anger and rage just takes over and that's what it does. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like my husband, he just didn't see things correctly. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if everyone has some mental, you know, disorder or problem, but I just think it just takes over. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. You mentioned about your uh, husband having like a bipolar disorder. Was he diagnosed? Or did he just di- self diagnosed? No, he yourself? was. He was uh, diagnosed, but he just wouldn't take any medication for it. Yeah, I mean, I could. Uh, I don't say I could understand that and everything because, like, you know, I had depression and anxiety, and I'm always told like, oh, you need to take medication and everything. I'm just feel that's such like it's not natural. You know what I'm saying? I take medication for my anxiety. And I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't take it. But there are those that want to be helped and and make your life better. And there are those that just don't want to do it because they think that they're either invincible or they don't need it. But no one is above getting any kind of therapy or help at all and if people say i don't need this i don't need that they're just lying to themselves i think people should be very true to themselves about exactly how they feel except when they're in denial denial is the worst Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Most definitely, man, everything. I guess in my case, because I was prescribed some, and I tried, like, half a pill, I think, one time, and I'm just, like, you know, because I knew, like, what my issues were, because I know they all stem from, like, a medical condition that it's, like, now it's, like, I have to pretty much focus on putting money down on the next treatment and everything uh, that's going to involve, like, stem cell therapy and stuff of that nature. So it's, like, this is stuff that took, like, years off of my life. Not, like, life life, but just, like, things I really had to put things aside for for six years, you know, this is a long time, like, and, you know, like, I'm a young guy, and, you know, you want to be out there as much as you want to, and you want to do things, and stuff like that really makes you depressed and everything, can you think back on all the things that probably led to that moment, all the things that you are already missing out all the way to that moment, because of certain environments that you're put in, um, that's all you think about, but it's like, I don't want to be, like, a slave uh, to, like, you know, medication, you know what I'm saying, because if it's just, you know, some people can work with it, and, you know, how you say, like, yeah, your pill's kind of help you, Mm -hmm. and everything, 
And it's just like, I just feel like looking back on my life, a lot of my issues were something that could have been helped with just, you know, the people took that, uh, not not people, just, but it, like a lot of the people I depended on or the people that I was connected to would have looked more in my favor for things. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, like for instance, like I was like, um I was pretty much bullied, which I hate to say that and everything in like middle school and throughout high school and everything. I feel like a lot of that, you know, I wasted a lot of years at schools like that where I really could have just been taken. I just put somewhere else to see how that was, you know? I'm saying like it would feel like I, like the options was taken away from me because like my mom had this sense of like okay if I put him in this school and everything he was supposed to do good if he's not doing good that's on him. Well, that's exactly um, how my husband was um, because I he said if his parents would have just got him his ADHD medicine so to speak and spent more time then he might not have been how he was but they didn't believe in any of that at all i mean they're from sicily and you know they just didn't believe in any of that kind of thing um my parents were divorced and i pretty much raised myself and i was just so a way different person i knew what i had to do to get through everything he wasn't like that and he grew up in a family that was just super, you know, five kids, acted like they were all perfect, everything. I grew up in a, in a bad way. And you either make the decision where you're going to go one way or the other way. And I went the right way, fortunately. But, um, you know, how you were brought up definitely does have, you know, a meaning how you're going to grow up. I've tried to help my kids as much as they can, no matter what their issues are or anything but I agree with you that you know you are kind of time does you know it steals from you that time is lost yeah, no, for real. I know this is all like, you know, middle school, high school, like you're a grown person. Why are you in the, but I just feel like those it's were like so really, nice. it's still like a developmental phase in my life, though. And I feel like over, during those times, I feel like I should have been surrounded by people who were like supportive, friends who actually were my friends, you know, teachers who actually cared about my development and didn't just scoff at me or just join the kids in and make them fun. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody deserves that option where it's like they're not and they're in a toxic environment. They should be able to leave if they wanted to. Right. Before it just like takes a toll and where it's just like, you know, people see you as just that person and blah, 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 which is like, I'm so removed from those times. But at the same time, it just feels like, you know, like there was a lot of things that could have been avoided had uh, my parent at the time been more responsive instead of like neglectful of exactly. what my needs were, you know? Exactly. Because when you're not... Um cognitive of everything like my youngest daughter she you know had a lot of problems obviously after finding her dad and they were the closest and we've you know she's still going through things but I mean it's just one of those that you know I've tried to help her as much as I can and be there for her and not you know help her as much as I can to not affect her sorry but it still affects everybody in different ways you know it's just all of that so I just have to be there like I have to be there no matter what because I'm um, that's all there is
Oh, yeah, no, for real. No, that's good. You're very strong to actually, like, you know, uh, move. I don't want to say move past that, but actually just to move on. It's past moving, that. Forward. moving forward. I told, tell my daughter she's having a hard time. She was supposed to go to the a game tomorrow, and she says she's not ready, and she doesn't know why this is hitting her. And I said, then don't do it. You need to do what's in your gut. I'm a witch. I listen to my gut. If I don't listen to my gut, it's over. Mm-hmm. It always is not a good outcome. Okay. Um, so I just think listening to your gut, listening to how you feel, and if someone else doesn't like it, you're only there to make yourself happy because you can't make anyone else happy if you're not happy. It's like they say, when the airplane's going down, get that mask on first and then save whoever's next to you. Mm-hmm. No, for real. No, seriously. So how are your gut feeling about this whole podcast situation so far? I love it, actually. I think you're amazing and I love this whole conversation we're having and it's going back and forth to different you know sports this subjects I love it it's been absolutely the best experience okay cool nice only 20 minutes in though that's a good impression I'm good I'm good (laughs) I'm good I'm just I'm just I'm really glad for sure because I always want to make sure everybody has the same you know feeling Mm -hmm. uh stuff of that nature just kind of feel open and you know and vulnerable when it comes to this, you know, because it's like, you know, having like a relative, whether it be a loved one or everything that taken their own life and it's stuff of that nature, you know, and none of that's easy for sure and everything. And, you know, even when I'm having my situations, even though like even with my relationship with my mother and everything or like, you know, my, uh, you know, my father or stuff of that nature and just, you know, me trying to move past certain stages in my life full of adversity or obstacles I feel like I can't overcome um even when I'm at the I feel like I'm at the end of my road and I'm like man I can't do this no more I don't see any future in this and everything I was always proven wrong by keeping pu- pushing forward there's always something you can focus on there's always something that can like keep you moving and everything I'm the oldest um of my uh grandfather's grandchildren and he passed just this year and everything oh, sorry. In, in May. So it's just like I have a whole lot of responsibility to my younger cousins then, nice. which is like a lot of them, by the way. Like right. I think it's up to like uh, maybe 13, 14 of us all together. You know, our uh, responsibility to you and my nephews, people that are under me and everything to, to really just, I don't want to say change the dynamic and whatnot, but really just try to put um, my family to a much a positive direction moving forward, even past it. You know what I mean? You know, it's just, it's it's just hard to do. It's hard to do that, especially when they don't want to do that. You know, I've had people that haven't spoken to me since my husband died. They won't speak to me. His family, my mother, um, you know, I haven't spoken to my father in 15 years. And, you know, it's honestly, it's their loss because I'm a kick-ass person. And, you know, it, it's just, it's their problem, obviously. Guilt plays a lot with people mm-hmm. and guilt makes you run away from things. But you can't change it. All you can do is try to change it. Mm-hmm. That's it. I try to change it with the people I come in contact with, my kids, you know, anyone that is with me, try to change it. And if I can't, then I can't. And that's just the way it is. Certain people have certain ways and you love them for their warts and, or you just don't want to be with them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, seriously, it's just like, and always focus on just a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of your happiness, because I don't want to be like, a, base your happiness on other people, but it's just like, you got to surround yourself with folk that actually want the best for you, and everything, and it's just abandoning people after such a traumatic event, because I know it was probably like crazy traumatic, you know, and it's just like, to still keep it moving forward, that's very inspirational, because there are probably people who are probably going through the same thing, listening to this, like, wow, like, man, when this happened to me, everyone cut me off, when this happened to me, I didn't speak to nobody, you know, all people needed support after issues like that, and for no one to, like, give you that support, that's probably just a sign that God was just trying to put you in the right place. So I tell you, when I told my house, um, my realtor, who is, like, a shark, she was like, I don't know how you're doing it, because with everything going on with you, I would be in the bed with a needle in me, Mm. and, I mean, everyone tells me that, but I don't really recognize it, I guess. I just do what I have to do, and I just want to bring light to people and not have them, you know, be so unhappy. And when people are unhappy and they drop me and they don't want to be around me, that's why I get sad over it, of course, just like everybody else. I don't have a whole lot of people in my life, but, you know, I mean... It is. I go out by myself. I do things by myself. I'm not afraid to be by myself. And that's the biggest thing. I'm comfortable in my own skin. I know, you know, I've, I have, I don't have demons. Other people with demons don't have that comfortability. Mm. Yeah, no, for real. It takes a strong person to just be by themselves. I know it's just like, you know. And sometimes, you know, people assume that being by yourself is being lonely, but it's like, really, it's like being by yourself with yourself. You're dealing with yourself. You're reflective of yourself. People can't be by themselves because right. they're just way too weak. They have to lean on somebody else. They work for approval for people their own age group who believe the same as them. You know what I'm saying? And I just don't believe that, you know, I think that you can be extremely lonely um, within a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But if you are happy and feel good like me coming to Moon Brew or going wherever I go or just taking a walk I'm not I'm not afraid of being alone I'm not of course I want to have like more you know I wish my family would not do what they do to me but I can't control anyone except myself and so I just try to you know put that out there you know everybody has bad bad days i have bad days where you just start like crying you're sad and things like that and then there's days you're just like oh i don't want to do this and then there's other days where you feel happy and then i'm always like don't get too happy because you know the rug will be pulled out but you know all of those things it just you know i walk in my house and my dogs love me, and I have two cats that act like their dogs, and they meow and love me. Cats don't like people. My cats love me. It's like, you know, so it's just a hard, I think it's a very, it's constant battle. It's a constant battle. That's why I box. Oh, you box too? Yes. Like professionally? Kind of. Okay, cool. That's nice. I would have never pegged you for a boxer. Oh, yeah. I've got my my heavy bag outside of my uh, back porch oh. and all my stuff. And I want a fast bag because I'm excellent at the fast bag. Oh. Um, I taught spinning for six years right when I came out. I love rowing. That's my biggest thing. Oh. But I love boxing because sometimes you really need to 
punch the crap out of that bag and let it out. I have a phone that's from, I got it at a garage sale because I love garage selling. And I got it um, like eight years ago. It's a pottery bone phone. And I do not even have it hooked up, but I have it hung on the wall. And I talk on it like, you're a total asshole, just so you know. Huh. And then I'll be like, I am so great. And I'll like yell at people on it. Okay, so it's like therapeutic for yeah. the phone thing. Okay, cool. I want to know about the whole, like, your interest in boxing for sure. I love it. Okay, yeah, because I like boxing. How do you feel about boxing right now? Because, like, I don't know, though, I know things are kind of weird now, but it's like from Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz Jr., I don't Deontay know. Walter, All I know is that boxing, Tyson Fury. boxing is one of the most therapeutic things that you could do. Okay, so you don't really catch up with the professional side. I do, but I don't try to get too involved. The main reason is when my son turned 13, Mm -hmm. he was constantly punching his pillow and had rage, hormones. So I bought him a heavy bag. Oh, okay. I said, Bennett, if you're going to punch crap, punch this. Okay. And it helped him. And then I took it and I used it. Okay, nice. And then he started uh, boxing just at like a local thing and I started um, on so- in South End doing it um, in the rain. That is so cool. So like your son's like kind of like a boxer too now? No. Oh. Nope. Doesn't have anything to do with it. He probably should. But nope. But that's his own choice. I give uh, I, I give everybody that what everybody wants to make. Mm-hmm. You want to go rob a bank? That's your choice. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know so much about trying to push robbing banks. I'm just saying everything is everyone's choice. Okay. Yeah. You know, I tried to gear my kids, and this is my advice, take it or leave it, but ultimately, it's your choice in the end. Okay. It's your choice so in the end. You and God have to live with their choices. Okay. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, that's a good way to put about uh, moving on with things and everything. I definitely want to get into Muay Thai. That's one thing I want to go do is, like, Muay Thai. Fight. Well, it's basically, like, boxing, but it's, like, with your elbows, uh, fists, legs, shins, and oh, everything. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I just like the boxing. Yeah. I definitely want to get into Muay Thai, but I, so I try to have to put myself in a financial position. Yeah, you know, I got my next medical treatment. I just went Black Friday shopping today for me and my brother. Oh, you did? Where'd you go? I went to Walmart. Nothing crazy. Okay. It really, like, the deals weren't even crazy. There weren't even any deals. There's just... no deals. It's all happening, like, before. I have to get a mattress, so that's going to be my main focus today, later on today. I wonder what Cyber Sunday is going to be. Maybe I should have waited until Cyber Sunday. Probably. I mean, Monday, yeah. needed something. So I, got, I... I got two iPads. Not iPads, uh, tablets, and they're, like, really small tablets. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's like, you know, what are we all going to do with the tablet? And everything. It was, like, a Galaxy tablet or something oh, okay. like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just thinking about probably just getting him because I said I was going to get something like that. So it's like, I'm glad I did my Christmas shopping a little bit early now because, like, there were times when I had no money. And it's like I had to, like, literally wait till the last minute of time and everything. I would feel so bad. But now it's like at least I'm taking initiative to do it right. before I am. Right. My uh, roommate, he works over at Black Sheep mm. right next door. And um, he was like, so are you going to get your mattress today? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get him a Roku stick mm. for a CV. Yeah. Um, but there's really not. But I guess he said they're crazy busy over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking, I shouldn't get a Roku. I already got a fire stick, and my brother has the PlayStation 4 in his room. I think I need to get back to playing video games again. Like, I oh, don't my know. gosh. Yeah. I have a um, an, uh, 
PS, uh, I've got some sort of a PlayStation. PlayStation that's kind of brand new. That PlayStation uh, Five. Yeah, that I can. Um, Is it white? Hook you up with. Oh really? Yes, because my daughter, she's bisexual, oh. and her latest um, boyfriend, said girlfriends, her latest boyfriend though was total douche, and he left it. And I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with this, okay. and that's been two months ago. Right. And it's a PlayStation Five. Like, what does it look like? It's um, like a spaceship. Like it's white. No, I don't. I don't know what it, it's got. All the controllers and everything. And, and it's like, is it stuff. black and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay, that's probably the PlayStation Four. My brother already has one though, and it's like, but I might want to keep it for when I move out because I'm thinking about moving yeah. out eventually. Yeah. So. Because I'm, I don't know what it. Yeah, but oh, okay, I'll yeah. take it off yours if you don't want it. Yeah. So look at us making a garage sale without a sale. I love garage sales. I'm trying to do garage sales. I need to have one. I've got a bunch of stuff I need to get rid of. Oh, you should probably just work at a thrift shop. I mean, there's always something at a thrift shop to find. I need to go back thrift shop hopping. Like that's what, that's something I really need to get into for sure. Can you be yeah. really finding some things at thrift shop? I know I found like a bunch of suits. I just went through a shop like Value Village, I think. I love Value Village. Yes, and the suits was like just like uh, like twenty five to thirty five right. a piece, and I'm like, good. I buy uh, suitcases from there. Oh really? And I put like I have all my hats and scarves in one, oh. and then I put like other stuff in them for storage, and I just use them. It's great. It doesn't look bad, so. Yeah. Definitely need to go back there shopping because it's like seriously, like you always be looking through. It's like it be feeling like like a little mini museum because it'd be like a whole it. lot of older stuff, like rotary phones and stuff. I like, love it. Yeah. Yeah. Always yes. pretty cool. Always pretty cool. I need to I need to pass by there maybe sometime. But I have another interview I got to do at six thirty with a long time friend of mine. Okay, nice. All right. So what well, like, you want to? Uh, no, we ain't got to speed. Nothing. No, we got another time. I'm nothing, good. No. Nothing time. You know. No, I'm good. I'm gonna. Round it up and take leftovers to my roommate. Hey, but man, we still got a good, like a good thirty minutes. That's all I'm saying. I don't oh, wanna, okay. We ain't got number time. That's not until six thirty. It's just three forty-five. Oh, okay. This it's all cool. Just I'll, like seriously, I always be sending a whole lot of time forward to give people the same amount of time. Okay. And everything. I know it's like, uh, and speaking about in regards to like your, uh, I know we have to jump back on this and everything, but it's like you know the passing of uh, your uh, husband and everything. Mm-hmm. I know you spoke about how his bipolar is so kind of like, you know, so can you describe what it was like in the, not even like the leading days, but just like, just years before where you kind of like, you know, saw traits of like his bi- uh, bipolar disorder kind of showing it was, um It was just, I knew he had something wrong with him. Um, and he thought he had like anxiety stuff. So he would take like Celexa or something. Mm-hmm. But then, um, I watched that movie, um, Silver Lining Playbooks, Mm. and I was like, holy crap, Mm. you have bipolar. And went and got tested, and sure enough, he did. And he was like, I'm not going to be a crazy bitch like your mother, because my mom has it. Uh, And he's like, I'm not. There's no way. I, I do not have it. And he just wouldn't. And so I think that was a lot of the downfall. But he knew it was the downfall. Okay. Well, would you like uh, go into the description about like just certain traits about uh, bipolar disorder? Because there's so many different types of depression and everything. Seems that you'd be like completely depressed and everything. And I know um, bipolar disorder is like um like what was the what's the terminology of it? It's like uh, some form of depression. It's like well, it's not. It's you never know what kind of person you're gonna see. You don't know what person is gonna walk through the door. Mm. Either a crazy person 
a neck crazy in your head, but a person that doesn't want to have, you know, is going to go crazy about the littlest thing that the dishes weren't done or something or come in and be like, I love you so much. You're so great. And, you know, like my mother, when she wasn't under meds, she would, she was severely abusive Mm. and he would be abusive. You know, you just never knew if I, you know, if I talked to, if I had my job and everything, he would be like, oh, that person only wants to get in your pants. They don't really want to buy from you because I was in sales. They were just very, very, very much insecure only wanted you in a little cage, you know, on your shoulder. Um, even though they could be secure, just very insecure. Uh-huh. That's it. Just, you know, I mean, I'm sure that he probably would have loved for us to live way up on top of a mountain and never have anything to do with civilization. Uh, that sounds like it has some trace of a certain family member I have. I don't want to really say what it is because like right yeah because she had i don't know if she's like diagnosed or whatever but you know but in in regards like that one family member she does a lot better now but i know like it was very hard like growing up for sure because i know she had it like traits or something like that what you're talking about when i was younger because it always felt like you know out of nowhere she would like get mad for like no reason and everything like um i know for a while like because it's like i had this job at compare foods you uh-huh. know like the the multicultural yeah like, i know that was my first job that she was able to give to me and whatnot and uh, i think this is like um this i started working there in may of 2015 okay i can't remember i was 17 years old crazy i'm 24 now crazy but um anyway uh that job in particular like you know she would go from like me like oh you need to save your money and blah 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 it's like oh you don't dress very well you need to get like some new clothes or something like that which is like okay whatever maybe right and you know like i was i was working we we're getting close because i was kind of tired of like working there after a while and everything I had to face so much discrimination from time to time. But it's like, it was whatever. That's the story for another day. And it was like, I was like trying to work till December. So I could be able to get extra pay. So I could be able to save a whole lot of money. I was starting to save like a, like what was to me a lot of money at the time. Right. And, you know, out of nowhere, because it's like, um, there would be times like where like, see, my school didn't have any buses or anything. We had to drive there. And I was carpooling with this, like on my uh, friend's uh, father and everything. And he in the mornings, and I didn't want him to be late for work because I woke up late and everything. You know, yeah, anxiety. You know, your sleep schedule is just all over the place. Right. It happens to everyone, but it's like in my case, it just happens. Um, so I woke up kind of late, and I'm just like, okay. Let me just go back to bed, or whatever. Whatever I miss out today in school, I'll just make up for it later. Mm-hmm. Like it's just school. You miss one day at work, it doesn't even. Sometimes right. you don't even miss work. And like you know, she came through the door <laughs> and everything. Like it was like. 6 something p.m. I don't know where like her and my brother were going um or where they were at the whole day or whatever because I was like I just woke up like about like an hour right <laughs> so it's just like I just like wanted to just clean out my room a little bit because I knew she was kind of be heated like a little bit but let me just do something right, right. do something positive while I'm here 
And like she walked in and it was just like just mad because I, I didn't check on her or whatever. I didn't call her. Like I just woke up a while ago. Like it's just right. like, and I'm like, we're not joined at the hip or nothing like that. If you had a problem, just you go let me know and contact me and just let me know. But then she was like mad about me not going to school that day or whatever. And it's just like was mad about like, you know, saying that my grades were going down and they weren't. They're were actually like in the B's and C's, like probably not the most like okay, but it was like the kind of school you sent me to. Like I'm right. getting picked on all this right. all type of stuff. Right. I'm trying to make the best out of it. And it was like she said she was gonna take my phone away and call my job for them to fire me. And I'm like, isn't that kinda harsh? I'm just saying for just one day of school and everything like just one day <laughs> and it was just like you know and I just got mad and fear because she wasn't even listening to my side or nothing I'm just like what are you doing and everything you know just like I was getting mad and stuff like that like you know like that's not fair like you're calling me on my job to, like clown me just for what you know and it that's, was just like yeah that is exactly that's exactly how it is like I went to when we were at our absolute worst I went to Ohio to visit a bunch of my friends because I had to get away and I I did you know lie and say I was I had just gotten a great job I mean I'm talking a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars it was a great job and so I lied to my husband is that I was going to Detroit to go for training and went to Ohio because I didn't want him knowing where I was because I was afraid of him. And um, third day in, my phone is like got like 28 missed calls and he had called the company to find out where I was even though I had texted him the day before to find out where I was and he and his sister called the company and told them that I lied and said I was going there to train with them and all this stuff and when I was on my way home on the um, flight they called me and told me that they rescinded the offer because his sister had called them and said that I was a horrible, horrible person and I was a liar and a cheater and I would end up stealing from them and I would do all this stuff and so they basically just miscommunicated you no, yeah, and my husband because of and his whole family has mental issues and because of that they you know did that I mean you know when I look back now on them without being around them they're crazy I mean I'm thinking oh my gosh they they they're they were huge gaslighters yeah and bipolar people personality yes, disorder but bipolar people like to gaslight you yeah I they know. like to act like you're the one that's crazy and you're not you're the one that has done all of this and then you start thinking like you know I always said to my husband he should have been a lawyer because he could convince the guy on the stand even though we didn't kill the person he did kill mm-hmm. yeah. and bipolar is there's three different movies of gaslighting mm-hmm. and 
they're all bipolar people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. No, seriously. Like narcissists like to gaslight too, but mental uh, mental illnesses are so hand in hand with each other. Like people have traits all horrible. over the board, and it's just like you know. I just pray to God that it's like I'm not doing any of that, like you know, or anything or anything. I try my best to be as transparent as possible, and you know, whatever is my business is my business, and whatever. But it always so, yeah. it doesn't. Sometimes it just doesn't work that way though because it. Um, I feel like the more I'm very genuine, I don't do anything to hurt people, but they're still out to get me no matter what. And I don't understand why. I mean, just a few weeks ago, uh, my aunt told me that she was looking into my daughter's boyfriend. And I'm like, why are you doing that? First of all, that's an invasion. And why are you doing that? And then my daughter the next day sent her a funny TikTok thing. You know how butter is a you know shortage right now; it's so expensive. And I sent her a funny TikTok that was like, "You're not getting away from me, mother." You know what? And it was funny this whole lady doing this, and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And so my aunt calls me the next day at like six o'clock in the morning, and she's like, "I am so upset." You told Palmer that I investigated her boyfriend. I'm like, no, I didn't. She's like, yes, you did. I'm like, no, I didn't. She's like, I don't believe you. No, why she got to investigate somebody else's boyfriend, though? Like, why is that her business? Right. That's yeah, weird. But accusing me. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just thought she sent her a TikTok? So it just is just people. I don't understand people. And, you know, after everything happened with my husband, I told my one aunt, I said, I don't understand why this is going on. She's like, because you would never do this to someone. Never. Yeah, no, it's just it's crazy and everything, you know, yeah, like you try to lean on your family members and stuff, especially it's going on in the home and everything. Now, back on like who I was speaking on earlier and everything, it was just like, seriously, like after that and stuff, like we're just cursing each other out. I'm like, why are you so angry? Like, it's like literally I stay home one day at school. I've always had issues at this school. Mm-hmm. And for me to even dig in for the third year at this place mm-hmm. that you forced me to go through, you to give me no options to leave. Teachers pulled me out of class saying I was a waste of time. People would start rumors about me saying that I hit women and everything and all types of weird stuff. And it's like, I tell you about it all the time and you just brush it off every time. And it's just like, you know, and it's like, but you're pressed over like me not going just one day. Like just because I just fell asleep late and everything, you know. And it's why? Just like, what is the point? What is the big deal? What is the point? That's why I'm saying that I don't have a big deal about certain issues, but people I think with very mental yeah. anguish do have it puts more emphasis on you not doing something or someone else not doing something or road rage or you know all these people killing people why and it's like you know it's like you and me on like all the stuff that she used to do man it's just like dude like i remember my graduation and everything i got like about twelve hundred dollars i've been trying to save up for a car for a minute you know mm-hmm. and it was just like that would have really helped me like get on the right path you know right and I was like, you know, like we talked, we cried and hugged together and everything after graduation. Like, hey, everything's cool. I just want to move on. And like she took the money and it was just like, what do you need? the money? She never told me what she did with that money at all. 
Nothing. She just took it and everything. I kept asking, like, okay, where are we at with the money? Where are we at with saving up the money? It could be a good $50, like, a month. And I would have been cool with that. As long as like, the money was starting to pass up, pile up. I was trying to see if I could find another job. But she just never told me. It went months and months. I would just went to the point, like, nah, I just want to go. That's crazy. And everything. And she never apologized, right? She would tell, like, her friends that about, like, the whole graduation money, about, like, oh, I just wanted to be, like, an adult, blah, blah, blah. And, like, how she gave me half the money, she kept half of it. Like, that's not what happened. Why would she do that, though? That's not right. And after my husband died, they um, uh, looked into uh, my kids. His sister looked into my kids' bank accounts and wanted to take control and told me I was, you know, this horrible mother and, and told them I was this horrible person because I did not save. Like, I, we, there was no... Um, confirmation money in there there was not anything and my kids blame me for stealing their money and i'm like well would you rather have the lights on or would you rather not have the lights on mm. and you were just you, you were actually telling them what happened with the money yeah, yeah you said we had to use it sorry you know your dad was in between jobs i mean we weren't you know i mean i'm sorry we did the best we could with what we had that's, at least you're being transparent. Like, I've had a feeling that maybe my mom was having money struggles. Because a lot of the money that went, you know, it, it was poured into my graduation, I think. Right. And it's like, you know, like, you, you had this guy that's walking in and out of the house. Can't you ask him for money and everything? At least, you know, as a man, you should be able to take care of your woman and do whatever, like, she can't be able to do. But he just never did it. And, you know, at the time, like, growing up, I had to be punked out in my own house by this dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know this guy from nowhere and right. everything. You know, it was just, it was a struggle growing up because as a boy's child, you had to grow up with pride and dignity mm-hmm. within yourself and you're constantly put down all the time. You, you had your family taking money from you. You know, you're just trying to move on to the next level. Like, well, let me just say, oh, get a car. Let me just get the, you know what I'm saying? I was like, another, right. and it's just like, you just want to grow, you know, because like your friends have families and everything that try to help them in life to get ahead in life. And it's like, yours just kind of have you set back right. all the time. And you're just trying to move forward and try to fight through those obstacles as much as mm-hmm. you can and I don't want to like point the finger do like this but there was like a lot of times where I feel like she really could have like advocated for me and she just didn't right you know and then it's just like we're cool now because like, I do good I did well in school in college because I really had to separate myself from all the negativity from all the past places and all the circle of friends that I quote unquote thought I had and just stuff like that, you know, and it's just like, you know, she never even sat down and even said that she was sorry about yeah, any that, of that. See, that's how um, no one will even say that they're sorry. His family and my mother, they won't say they're sorry. Um, that's okay. I can pause All right. All right. Back on the other part. So I had to cut off the last part and everything. But, um, yeah, like it just in terms of like getting to really like apologize for anything they might have put you through. Like you're, you're not you're never going to hear it. I guess not. I want to. It's part of um, the loyalty aspect. My middle daughter, she does talk to them. She's in Ohio with my mother, and she sees his, you know, my husband's sister, and it's just, you know, I feel it's just loyal, but I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, she um, FaceTimed me from a store there and said, I've got to go because grandma's coming up. And it's like, I'm this villain. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't even say my name. But the worst thing is, is they all have erased me mm-hmm. and they can't erase me. 
I have three kids. I was married to him for 26 years. I was with them for 28 years. You can't erase me. Mm-hmm. But they want to erase me. It's close to three decades, man. They man, want to erase me. And you've had the pain of having to, like, literally see his corpse and everything when he's, like, you know. Uh, do you want to go into detail about what happened uh, that day and everything? You know, like, what led to that? Uh, I know it can be kind of no. painful. You don't want to have to talk no, about it. No, I can't. That's no problem. Ain't nothing. Because I know you wanted to speak more about, you know, men's and mental health I and everything. I just think that men do not get the support they need because they're afraid of it and they're embarrassed by it. So I think that men... Um, their whatever their career is is not going well over 40 things aren't going well they think they're doing something wrong and they should get the help that they need yeah no like seriously like even with me like i feel like i didn't really start going to therapy until i actually got into college we could pretty much should be like you know paid for by the college and financial aid so i was like i'm really happy to go to college just for that and everything because it really just kind of proves one thing like my uh therapist told me is like you know hearing my life story and everything like you know like i essentially kind of raised myself not in the sense that i'm taking care of myself or buying myself my own clothes but in terms of like raising principles and values into myself and how to really like act in society i was pretty much just raising myself you know it's just like you know that's what i did i raised myself with the same exact thing i raised myself and i just feel that it's as my grandmother would say, it's a dirty shame that they treated me this way. And I think it's horrible. And they should be acknowledging the fact that I had nothing. I did not put the rope around his neck. Mm-hmm. And I tried to help. And that's their guilt. And obviously, I'm better off. Mm -hmm. I always said if I never would have married my husband, I never would have been friends with his family. Like, they weren't people I would ever be associated with. Yeah, I feel like that. It's like, I feel like a lot of our family members who wouldn't really be associated with unless, you know, really being born in that family or being, like, you know, connected. But those are your in-laws, so. And they should be just as supportive, you know, towards you and trying to help you because, you know, building a relationship with the grandchildren too it's it's all a matter of just like really just uh, not trying to break those barriers but just really just putting that uh pride down and they obviously do not have that because when we were at during the week obviously i was a wreck and they were very um demeaning towards me And the day of the funeral, I have my husband cremated, but at the day of the funeral, you know, memorial, whatever, they told me to go sit in the back. I wasn't allowed to sit in the front. And I caused the scene, I guess. I don't remember because I did take a lot of uh, bourbon. You had to to literally put your... And they told me to go in the back. Now, they can't even be in the same room. My daughter was in the hospital two weeks ago, and she said that, oh, Aunt Beth wants to come see me, but, you know, I don't know how that's going to work. And it's like, we are going to have to be in the same room. She's almost 60. Grow up. Literally. We have to be in the same room. Mm -hmm. I am not erased. Mm -hmm. Just because you think that Ben died does not mean that he is gone and over with. I am still in the life. Mm-hmm. And they don't want me to be in the life. It's like they can't, even, no one can even handle 
seeing me or being around me. And that's not fair because that was your husband just as much as like there's uh, that was your family. I'm the mother of his kids. Yeah, mother of the children. So what am I going to do when, you know, they get married or when they have kids? I'm not going to be allowed in the room. It's very, very head-ass of them to do that for sure. They're evil. They're evil, evil. Mm -hmm. I think that's Satan. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let's just be uh, mindful, like what we said, because we don't know if like they might listen to this and everything, they might reuse this, you know, course on like slander, you know what I'm saying? That's all. I mean. There's any way to be like anonymous, like we'll try, but it's like you know, I'm just looking out for you because you know, hearing from like how they might be personality wise, they're like, oh, I don't like what she said about me and everything, blah blah blah. I don't know how big this whole podcast thing might get, but there are people out there who have issues with their family and everything and their in laws and stuff of that nature, and like you know, this is like just the stuff that happens when it comes to just um, when. There's a lot of dysfunction in the family yes. and stuff of that nature. I highly yeah. doubt um, they're so um, unintelligent. They would never. Mm. They don't want to hear or see anything that isn't, you know, in connection with you. Um, they don't. They just want to be an ostrich, not have. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. But, I mean, I get what you're saying. You feel what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? what you're saying. Because yeah. even on this same podcast and everything, you know, like, when my grandfather passed, because I interviewed him twice and everything before he passed, um, they I, we used the, the interview to justify him being buried in the States, you know, because he's from Liberia. We're Liberian mm-hmm. and everything. So it's just, like, you know, a lot of people want to just want him back to Liberia so they can be able to, like, you know, keep it. But he said it himself. It's just, like, no, I want to be buried here in the States. He spent most of his time here. All his grandchildren are born here. All a lot of his children are here too. Right. You know, so it's just like you know they gotta visit their 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 grandpa and their pop pops. It has to be here in the states. And you know, from time to time, I do pass by his grave and everything. You know, to talk. You know, give an update. You know, usually after church and everything. You know, when I find the time, you know, I do miss him a lot. But it's just like you know, it's just stuff like that. You know, you don't know what other people's intentions might be in regards to this. Well, I definitely know what their intentions are, and that is to. Well, they have, they're they're going to investigate other people's bank accounts. You know. Well, they can't. But that's why I have a lot of things under security. Yeah. So you just don't know where they might want to go. Like, because it's just like to get into the mind uh, dealing like with the narcissist or people that tear. It's just like it's all about image. It's all about, you know, once you ruin like or probably even shed a little bit of dirt on their image, no matter how much truth or authenticity comes with it, it'll always be an attack to their character. No, that's good. I mean, that's good. And I have thought about a lot of that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but how, explain like how deep you got into men's health and uh, men's uh, mental health and everything, and just your interest with that. Uh, I uh, am uh, part of a uh, group called Out of Darkness, mm-hmm. and it's for suicide, but it's usually for not just men, but anyone you know that has um, you know suffered from you know, suicide, but I just think that I need to, I want to form something that hits men over 40 because it doesn't matter if you're a white man or a black man or a gay man or anything over 40, if you might have some mental issues I think that's when it comes to fruition Mm. and you're not living what you thought you were going to live and then you feel like a failure. So I want to come up with something that is going to be where they can go and get help Mm. to say, I'm not where I am, 
and I have these feelings and I I don't know what to do with these feelings. I can feel that, you know, because like even as a man and as a black man too, like it's just like there's a certain image I feel like we all have to kind of like appropriate for ourselves. And if you feel like you fall less than that that bar and everything, it always feels like you're either worthless or you're not worthy of investment or even of love sometimes too. And you know, it could be tough on a lot of us. I can't really speak for every man, but I feel like you know they pretty much hit on the same, you know. Uh, curriculum, the same uh, points out with that one for everybody too, you know. Like I'm not a 40 year old man. I'm 24. You know, I still got life ahead of me, which I, you know, I praise God for. On the sense that I keep in mind, even though there's some things I feel like I missed out a lot of, and that's why I do things like podcasts or try to focus on my music, things that I like to do. I want to get into acting eventually, maybe get into like writing a book eventually. While I'm young, I ain't got no kids, so it's like all this time I'm gonna utilize really just to make sure that I'm happy, that I'm pretty much not about everything I want to do so when I'm older I'd be like oh man I wish I could have done that or oh I right. wish I would have did that you know what I'm saying and, and really yeah. though a lot of it I mean that is very great and admirable but most men over the age of 40 already have kids and they did you know things but they might not have done what you said like write a book or whatever and maybe they didn't want to but maybe they're most men define themselves by their careers mm. and if their career took a crapper then that's a, that, that's all they're going to be known as in their mirror mm. not in anyone else's but in their mirror mm -hmm. when they look at themselves and that's when things start getting unhinged and that's where I want to find something that I can help them with to not get unhinged and be like, okay, you know, you're not, this is not over with. You can, you, you can start a whole new career, go do something different. Don't do the same thing just because you're not defined by anything. Just because this didn't, you know, pan out to be exactly what you wanted do you know think about doing something different you know i'm 51 i think about i i like to be a welder mm. i mean your life is only as inventable as you want to make it if you want to just sit in front of the tv and cry about everything that didn't go your way then you're going to cry about it and that's how it's going to be but you either want it or you don't yeah, and no, I truly, truly believe that and everything. You know, you only got one life to live and everything. You got to live out as best as you can. That's one of the reasons why I want to, like, probably move to D.C. and everything in V area. Because it's just, like, you know, I want my father lives there and everything and I always feel like you know the absence of my father throughout my life which really isn't really a hundred percent his fault because it's just like you know these marriage divorce situations right. and everything one parent takes custody of the children right they don't want to be alone and everything you know but I feel like a lot of my issues would have been you know rectified or avoided alleviated alleviated had I been with my father at right. the time because I feel like my father would have helped me really prepare myself as a man and really hook me up but even with him though dude like I feel like there was some times where I feel like he really could have stepped in and you're like you know you didn't where he needed you know to you know what I'm saying well like, I was gonna eventually live with him eventually it was just really just a matter of me getting me on to like be right. more and that's yeah. where you know I try to as much as my kids can make me mad disappoint me 
you know, make me happy, whatever. I can't not be there for them because I know what it's like to be abandoned mm-hmm. and just not have that person with, you know, I've got to, the, the strings are, you know, just not even strings. Just, I mean, I am an orphan and both my parents are alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a horrible feeling. Dang. And I just would never want my children to feel that way at all, no matter how much they piss me off. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all we all really we all irritate our relatives to a certain degree. You know, it's not just uh, the other people. Sometimes it's us too. Um, you know, and it's just like I feel like my biggest support system is my brother and mm-hmm. everything. Biggest support system. We support each other because no matter how things, how hard things got for me, whatever messed up, humiliating experience I went through, he always stood by me and saw me for who I was, right? And everything, and I see me for who I was not. And that's just one thing that I feel like you know it's even hard, you know, even for black men because like everything is so surface level with us. Like I got this amount of money, I've slept with this many people, I have this car, I have this, I have that. Right. You know, it's all very surface level, materialistic type things. Right. But it's like to know that my brother kind of sees me like uh, I would say look up to me or whatever but I, I feel like he does because I know like you know that Disney movie Onward yeah yeah he feels like that that movie kind of reflects our relationship nice. to a certain degree so he really likes that movie but I don't really see why but he's a, that's nice but it's just like just stuff of that nature and everything and it's just um it's always good to be, have like people on your side that it really support is. you so it's just like you know when I want I'm on the edge and everything you know even though like there'd be people that push me to like a certain degree I always think about the people who truly love you people are truly there exactly and even when i was at the end of my road you know like it's just like i had a list of people that i need to leave voice recordings for before i was gonna consider offing myself but it's like but then it it was so tedious like just going over just like why am i doing this well it is i think suicide is tedious it's selfish and it's tedious and it's but you can't get mad at whoever considers to go that way because they really thought in that moment emotions in that moment like just recently jason uh david frank the the person who portrayed a Tommy Oliver character out of Power Rangers, the Green Ranger, you know, mm-hmm. about, had recently committed suicide and everything, which is crazy. I mean, you never know who's going to do it. I mean, look at that. Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. I mean, famous chef. Who's, you know, why would he do that? You just never know what, you know, the demons are kind of thing. Alright, well, I'm gonna have to go. No, no problem. We can sign off in a little bit. Do you have any final words to let people know before we go off? Yes, I do. I just want to say this has been the best experience mm-hmm. and I just want everyone to give everyone, whether you like them or don't like them, give them grace. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs grace mm-hmm. in their life. Everyone needs grace. You don't know what kind of hope or faith or loss they have give them grace mm-hmm. definitely give people grace that's a good way to sign off on our right, that's it for the mental threats podcast episode 135 with miss megan mack i love you all right cool thank you very much love to you too <laughs> all right that's it for the mental threats podcast we're signing on and now we're signing off thank you oh my god i love you so much